everybody. Welcome to another episode of It's the Kid Michael Show. I'm your host, Kid Michael. I'm joined by uh, good old reliable George Pacheco, the co-host. Uh, I don't know why that makes you sound like a horse when I call you good old reliable. Yeah, old reliable. Yeah. Uh, George, normally we would start with movies. Yeah. But we have to talk about Batman not eating pussy. What are you talking about? Do you not know about this? No. So, uh, you know that show Harley Quinn? No. It's an adult uh, DC animated show. And in an interview, uh, one of the creators of the show said he had to take out a scene where Batman ate Catwoman's pussy because DC Comics told him to. The way you say pussy, I don't like it. No, I know no other way to say it. Like, say, just say eating out or something. Never say that. L- this is literally what... The, take uh, that out of your vocabulary because it sounds so weird when you say it. I can't help that. You say the P in that word for like 20 minutes. <laughs> Shut up. Can you like, let me finish? Uh, I'm like, getting to the good... Mean, you're, we're burying the okay. lead here. I'm getting to the good part. Okay. So they, they said that Batman couldn't do oral. And the reason on the official memo was, quote, heroes don't do that. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, if their if their answer was, you know, um he's a children's character, like okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heroes don't do that. <laughs> a lot to unpack there. It, it feels like DC is uh, subscribing to the uh what uh the DJ Khaled philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so that's been like an internet running thing for a while, for a few days, but it really got uh, steamy today when Zack Snyder just posted a picture of him doing it. Not himself, like Batman to Catwoman. Okay. That'd be fucking crazy if <laughs> Zack Snyder posted a I'll, video of him doing I'll it. Do it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with that quote. Uh-huh. Um, no, but uh, they're never making. They're never letting that guy direct anything DC again. Uh, as if that wasn't already clear. But like, you can't just post that, bro. Come on. <laughs> On main, there's so many people just like kids look up to you, Mr. Snyder. This is not right. It's like they do, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a funny, it's a funny situation DC has put itself in. Okay, I, you have I'm no thoughts on this, huh? I just don't want to throw my hat in the ring for this one. That was so I didn't expect you to just like. I can't believe you hadn't head. heard about this. I I'm not very terminally online i try to actually just not i mean i'm on my phone like all day like everybody else but like i i just don't follow like current trends i'm in my own little like bubble in the internet Mm -hmm. so no i didn't hear about about all this you know i just remembered the conversation we had a few days ago about the audience um yeah yeah actually i'm keeping in i forgot about that (laughs) But um, I'm keeping this in here. But but that's secondary to me. It's just the way you say things grosses me out. All right, that's, all right. That's number one priority. It's it's like when you drink water, and I tell you. All right. How do I say? It? How should I say it then? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm You're not doing, doing it. it. You're not touching I'm not that. Doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing this. Let's just move on. All right. What else do you have on your notes? Um, I'm gonna save this one for the next segment just because it feels inappropriate to do it right after but um 
I wrote Kamala Harris because I saw on Twitter you were upset about something Kamala Harris did, and I can't remember oh, what it was now. So uh, she said she went to um, Guatemala and Mexico, I think Guatemala and Mexico, and she said, uh, "Don't come, like stay." Oh right, right, right. Like we don't want you here. I was like, she, uh, Kamala Harris is the children of immigrants. Mm-hmm. She went to a foreign country. By the way, uh, kind of dickish to go to another country of people who stayed in their country and be like, don't come. And it's like, yeah. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna. I live. Good. There. It's a family guy bit. Good. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> it's like uh, the assumption that every, every, everybody in the world, in the Latin American world dreams to go to America. Mm-hmm. People, people like the country. The ones there. that left did like not the ones that yeah. are there. Yeah. And even the ones who left aren't like, oh man, I pine for America. They, the America. They There's America. a generational thing to that. Like there are, there was a generation of Latin people who did think like that not, not blanketly but i i haven't met one i i, I think one. i think I, that's the family i come from I'll, I, I think i can say that pretty comfortably wait, but you're puerto rican you guys it was like moving next right door but it's a different it's a it's it's not as well it's not as hard obviously because you're already a citizen yeah but uh the decision making is similar in the sense that like you would like you go for a better life it's a glorification of the mainland america yeah, no, I get that. I get that. It's still, it's still tough. So you, you like, think, you think that like non Puerto Ricans are less like that? Um. So from like the day you arrive to the country illegally, uh-huh. I, it's very clear because uh, people don't make it on the first go. Uh-huh. You have to co- constantly keep attempting to cross. You the think border. that American dream shatters pretty fast? The American dream. It's not even an American dream. It's it's more like you make more money working in the United States as a dishwasher than you make as like a nurse mm-hmm. in the uh, in Mexico, and and that's true by the way, because mm-hmm. I have a medical family in Mexico uh, City. You make more as as a as a babysitter in uh-huh. in New York than you do as a as a nurse. I I, I very specialized nurse neuro uh, neurosurgical nurse. Uh, the the dream is dead. Mm-hmm. The dream is dead from the get go. It's it's clear nobody's going there because they're like, oh man, Kamla, I'm so excited to go, uh, get get called slurs. Yeah, I'm so excited to go work for like uh, pennies on the dollar. Mm-hmm. So th- this idea that, sh- that she could go there and just sway people, th- those the people who are going don't want to go. They don't really have a choice. Yeah. And a lot of them don't have lawyers because a, a lot of my family ended up uh, qualifying for a ton of programs uh, that, like, for example, I have a lot of family who could qualify for, um, uh, what's it called when, when you're fleeing a country? Uh, God, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, no, I can't. I'm not going to think of it. But it's it's that. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of transsexual family, and they they applied for that. Can I ask you kind of a personal question? You know not the answer, but can I, I'm just yeah. gonna. Yeah. Uh, you ever you ever known someone deported? No, we're actually yeah yeah. No, nobody in my family. We're very sneaky mm-hmm. like that. But like um, uh yeah, it was a guy who got caught in the train doing some dumb shit, like starting a fight or something. Mm-hmm. And um, me and my family had to hold his stuff in his apartment because he went straight to Rikers and from Rikers, he caught like a plane to Mexico. And that was that. Mm-hmm. As in like they forced him on a plane to Mexico, not that he like, booked yeah. A plane. yeah. Like he didn't book it. Like they, they were like, all right, it turns out you're not even supposed to be here. So you're, mm-hmm. you're getting out of here. Um, 
with with those, I kind of agree. If you're gonna be here like illegally, you gotta keep your head down. Mm-hmm. And my family's kept their head down. We we've never really gotten into trouble, so we've never really had to get anybody like nobody's ever gotten deported in my family. But we, we almost all applied for some sort of program or another, and everybody, almost all my entire family is now legally here. Mm-hmm. I think, I think almost yeah, I think everybody in my family is legally here now. Um, and if not, so, just lie and say they are because this yeah, is a podcast. There's no, there's not a, there's not a lawyer at the border going, hey, you want to apply for some like, mm-hmm. uh, pro, like immigration programs. So I, I, I felt very disgusted with Kamala, and I really, I, I for a minute, I kind of like regretted my vote. Mm-hmm. But then I remembered the alternative. Yeah. And I, I got more mad at the system. Yeah, you know, I have to. Joe Biden pissed me the hell off the other day. But I have to look up. I have to look up an article on why it was, just because I don't want to get it wrong. But it, it, it's just, it's such a stark contrast from "Bring me your poor, you're hungry." You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Biden. It was a Puerto Rican thing. Uh, yeah. So Joe Biden ordered the Department of Justice to, um, using NBC News, uh, to defend a law bearing benefits to Puerto, barring benefits to Puerto Rico, which Biden calls inconsistent with his values. So, uh, law that bars Puerto Rico from obtaining federal benefits of low-income disabled people. So basically, like uh, disability. For, for the elderly in Puerto Rico and stuff like that. He, it's, a, it's a bill that makes sure that Puerto Ricans can't get access to that, and he wants, to, he wants his Department of Justice to fight to defend that. And his, his argument is that I don't believe in the law, but being the sitting president, I have to defend the law that exists, which is not true. Um, plenty of presidents uh, turn a blind eye when laws are up for debate under them uh obama has certainly done it i can't think of the specific example but the one i can think of is uh medicare for all under trump mm-hmm. you know if you don't like something you can turn up you don't have to your department of justice has no obligation to fight for it so he's it, this is so shitty yeah yeah i i, I um... and so i i had this similar moment to you of where i was like what did i vote for um, it, it was it was a really big running joke at the time. It was like, oh, we're we're not voting for Biden. We're voting you know, against we're, Trump. We're voting against Trump. Uh, th- that's that's coming to roost now, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a candidate we voted for. I'm not gonna lie. Everybody I know, and like, like I know I'm in a bubble. I mm-hmm. know I'm I'm like a New York City like children of immigrants. So I'm in a huge leftist bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody I know who voted for him was like excited to vote for him. Mm-hmm. It really was just I hate Trump way more than I could probably hate Biden. Um, but I'm 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 really upset with with yeah. the administration. I don't know if like uh, who, depending on like this upcoming election, I don't know how I'm I'm gonna swing. Like I might just like not. I might just stay out of it. I, I guess it depends on uh, what's it, what's at stake. Yeah, it always kind of just depends on what it's. I'll always do what I have to do to get the least amount of people hurt. Because I think we'd be in a worse place right now. It, fe- Trump in it feels like voting for a Democrat is not pushing for progress. It's putting a wall against the inevitable we're moving to the enemy right. agenda. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like we're pausing 
Yeah, there's no way. There's no way to go in the right direction. All there is is to stop the wrong direction. It's it's so fucking stupid. Yeah, it's like whenever a conservative is in power, we take like leaps and bounds forward. Mm -hmm. And this this bullshit argument that I'm sorry to cut you off, but this bullshit argument that Democrats have been uh, peddling this like uh, not wanting to vote on something that isn't bipartisan. Where the fuck is that coming from? Nobody in the country feels that way. What are you guys talking about? Like, that's the one thing we could all agree in as a country is that we are stupidly, selfishly, suicidally bipartisan, not bipartisan, uh, partisan. Mm hmm. We are, we're like almost football teams, mm -hmm. you know? And this idea is like, oh, the American people want us to vote as a single unit. It's like, no. There's also, even if, even if you, you want to be bipartisan, there's a difference between bipartisan among voters and bipartisan among the people they voted for. There are a lot of things that Republicans oppose that their voters don't. Yeah. You'd be surprised how economically uh, left the uh the, the american the people base. are yeah the, the american people are i believe it um because there, there's a there's a saying in politics once you give people something you can never take it away mm -hmm. think about how th this um the obamacare mm -hmm. has survived um all three branches of conservative government i was uh, being helmed by obama's biggest self-proclaimed rival uh -huh. it survived that uh, what were you saying? Sorry. Um, so all three branches have been controlled mm -hmm. by conservative party. Um, all of them, um, and that party being helmed by Obama's biggest self-proclaimed rival. Mm -hmm. And it survived that Obamacare. Mm -hmm. survived. I was, I was going to say also, uh, the Supreme Court just upheld it mm -hmm. like this just week. Upheld it. So this is current news. And um, when, when quizzed about it, both conservative voters were for the ACA when it was called the ACA and not mm -hmm. Obamacare because they like having health care. Who the hell doesn't like having health care? It's uh, – I, I don't know. Um, so we're, we're pretty left mm -hmm. as a country actually, like economically at least. Maybe not racially. Social but... conservative. Yeah, it, yeah. That's, that's social conservatism that like is uh, the problem. Mm hmm. Uh, do, do you? And I have this feeling of like, and maybe I'm just jaded, but it, it feels like the Biden administration wants to uh, get brownie points purely off of um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, symbolic victory. Yeah. Like uh, the the passing of the Juneteenth thing. I'm I'm happy about I'm happy that, about but, that, but it, it's but all. It I, like, I also don't feel like giving Joe Biden any points for it. Mm -hmm. It feels like black people didn't really ask for it. Mm -hmm. They they really didn't. They they've been celebrating the holiday. And like even that. if they did, and okay, give of course give it to them, but also, um, it doesn't make up for the 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 things you haven't done in like the in the realm of the real world, like the the lack of. Uh, like the border crisis you haven't solved. Or police reform. Or police like, reform. Or something that, like, yeah. I, I'm sure the black community would prefer a lot more than just kind of symbolic thing. Not that they're not happy about it, but yeah. they've been doing fine. I don't, I don't want it to be construed as me saying Juneteenth is stupid. It's not. Yeah, I'm I, happy it's, it's a holiday, but, like, they've been celebrating it not being a federally recognized holiday for a while now. Mm -hmm. But we got uh, 
all these school kids got the day off. Mm-hmm. Good for them. That's always a victory. Um, yeah, this is being this is recorded a week in advance, by the way, because we have missed a week uh, because of editing stuff. So if you guys are thinking this is all old news, that's that's why. <laughs> um, but we should be back on schedule next week because oh yeah, we're taking okay, another current news for like this conversation. Yeah, probably. but it, you know, it's not it's not going to be. I say that, and then, like, who knows these days? But it's, I don't think it's going to be like totally like out of the realm of conversation yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um. Where we at? Wow, this is. Uh, did you see any movies this week? I did. I. Oh, I saw the Big Short again because of what's happening like economically in the U.S. That's who's in that again? I think we've talked about Christian it. Bale. Uh-huh. Um. Michael Scott, what's his real name? Uh, Chris, no, Steve Carell. I almost said Chris Steve Evans. Carell. Steve Carell. Um, some other really fantastic uh, actors. The the aunt, Aunt May mm-hmm. in Spider-Man, she's in that. Mm-hmm. As the wife of uh, uh, Chris... Steve, Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Chris Evans. Well, what a weird <laughs> thing to mix Steve Carell with, but I've, I've put us on that My path. Bad. My bad. Um, a really good movie, mm-hmm. really fun, really great like dialogue in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cheeky writing, and it makes me kind of disappoint- disappointed in Vice, which is by the same guy mm-hmm. who made the Big Short, but like it wasn't as good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what was what's the the Ben Affleck movie about the the two thousand eight crisis Ben? Affleck, 2008 crisis movie. <laughs> the first came up with Crisis on Infinite Earth. The Company Men, I think, is oh. the one I'm thinking of. Have you seen that one? It's no. uh Oh, it's a Weinstein movie. Uh-oh. I hope that didn't sound like I said, ooh. I meant I meant to say, oh, that's a Weinstein movie. Not, ooh, it's a Weinstein movie. But um, Ben Affleck, Kevin Costner, Chris Cooper, and Tommy Lee Jones are the leads uh it's just about like a like a bunch of business guys who lose everything in 2008 um i don't know felt like that i mean they they did they did go through some shit in the movie but it it, it felt like uh like like they never really hit rock bottom in a way that i would ever relate to their plights you know what i mean such a weird movie to make i i i have never heard of this movie the, the economy collapses. Uh-huh. Thousands go into homelessness. You make a movie about the guys whose fault it is and how sad Yeah, Here, let me read you the beginning of the, the plot just to give you an idea. When the publicly held shipbuilding corporation Global Transportation Systems, or GTX, is downside in the midst of the recession, many employees fired, including Bobby Walker. Walker is a white-collar, corporate ladder-climbing employee with a six-figure salary, a wife, a teenage son, and a young daughter. Walter gets Walker gets outplacement services from GTX. What does that mean? Does that mean like uh still getting paid? I don't know. Uh, but loses but but gradually loses luxuries such as his country club membership and his Porsche. He finally resorts to selling his expensive house with a large mortgage and moves his family in with his parents. Ultimately, Walker is forced to make a man- take a manual labor job working for his blue-collar brother-in-law, Jack Dolan, installing drywall. I don't feel that bad. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a solid movie, like, watching it. 
like a good i think the mark of a good movie uh, is that if it has a bad topic and it shouldn't make you feel for anyone but you can follow its its logic its internal logic of like who's the who, you know what i mean yeah okay it's kind of like schindler's list but schindler's an asshole Oh, so I okay. So I, but I thought you meant for a sec. Like it's kind of like Schindler's List. You know, you know the Nazis are bad, but in the logic of the movie. You know, but um, I was expecting a laugh from that. And I didn't no, get one. No, I'm not. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know you that. <laughs> um, but I yeah, that well for that. So, uh, what was I saying? The movie you watched that wasn't like that. That was. No, it was very much like these guys are assholes. Good. I'm oh, only- these are the guys that are like they're they're like g- they're gambling the stock market. Like they're they're betting on it to fail. Oh yeah, because it's what's called the Big Short. Okay. Yeah, because they it's about uh, GameStop has taught market. me a lot about words. <laughs> yeah. Um, good. Uh, so it's a solid movie, you'd say. It's all. It's better than solid. It's it's a great movie. Mm. Uh, what movies do I have on here? I swear I've seen more than this, but I only have Goodfellas written down here. So Goodfellas? Yeah. Oh, no, I do remember what I said. First time, right? Yeah, no, first time. What the hell? How, how are you a fan of movies I've never seen? I don't Goodfellas. know, but it was a good movie. Um, great movie. I liked. Uh, I liked it better than Raging Bull, I'd say. Yeah, because it's fun. It's not like artsy. Um. It may. I have to say that, like, I always. Do you know the article? Women are incapable of understanding Goodfellas. No, actually, yeah, I think I heard about. That. Uh, yeah, that article is even funnier when you've actually seen the movie, because the guy's argument is that, like, um, they don't understand that the movie's about how cool it is to be a guy in the mob, and it's like I don't think you've watched the second half of that movie. It it doesn't end well. <laughs> Um, it's really tragic, especially because you get to know these characters after a while, mm-hmm. and then they all start dying. Yeah, it, it's really. It felt like the the whole message of the movie is that everything we've told you in the first half has been fake. This yeah. idea that everyone here is like, uh, family, family. Yeah, I wanted to they think of kill each other. The second, there's actually some money on the line. Yeah, none, no, none of the bonds made in 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 this mob are real. Um, Ray Liotta is not the best in that though. I think uh, he's outshined by the other people in it. Like Joe Pesci is really good in it. Joe Pesci is really good in it. Um, what's his name? Robert De Niro is good in it. Um, I'm saying his name. Yeah, Robert De Niro. Robert the nice guy. Uh, you know, uh, uh, there's a, a joke. Not joke. There's like a, a music bit in there. What? Where uh, it plays a Cream song. Sunshine of your of your mind or sunshine of your love, something like that. That's not Queen, but okay. No, no, I didn't say Queen. I said Cream. Oh, okay. Oh, then you're right. <laughs> yeah, no, I might. My, my <laughs> what were you gonna say? Such a cool like bit. Some, what's some the, the what's the like, bit? I don't remember. Oh, um, Robert De Niro's like smoking or something, and he, I think uh, somebody just realizes that he's going to kill everybody who was involved in this job, and it plays that. Oh yeah. I think they originally wanted like a like a song about a devil or something like that. But like they settled with that because it was just a little cooler. Uh, I thought some of the music choices were weird in that movie, actually. But like there were some really solid ones too. Uh, I just remember like I don't remember what plays at the end of the movie, but I remember it playing and being like, "This feels out of place." Um, 
You'd be the first one I've ever heard say that the music choices in in Goodfellas was weird. I, I no, but I I don't I don't think it's a, a blanket statement I could make because some like the, it has really high highs. I just think it has some some off ones. Give me an example. Give I can't think example. of one, but, I'm, but the the closest I can say is the ending has like a song that I thought was weird, like for the ending of that movie. But the ending song, yeah. Oh, that. Okay, I see that. I, I totally see how you could think that's weird. I actually liked it because I'm pretty sure the song has some sort of meaning associated yeah. with it. Um, just tonally it felt weird, I thought. But um, I love you know what was so, I don't know this was such a throwaway joke, but I like I thought it was the funniest shit was when jo- they're at Joe Pesci's mom's house, and she shows him the she shows them the paintings of the dogs. Uh-huh. He goes, oh, I, li- I like it. This dog's going one way. This dog's going the other. And it's just two dogs facing a different like, direction. And they're like, yeah, yeah. In the middle. He's like, what do you want from me? I <laughs> yeah. love that. I love that. You know, that's uh, the director's mom. Yeah, I did know that. She's I did know oh, that. It's fantastic. It's, um, what's his name? Scorsese's mom. You couldn't have gotten that performance from an actress. Yeah. A, a, a real Italian mom. And she's so like, she she had to know they were killing a guy in that scene, right? No, I I really do think like uh she's not like involved like in oh like in real life, like in script, like like in the in the in the uh mythology of the movie like the character has to know that her that they no, need I, the shovels. For- it's very surprising for the mom. I don't think she's even she even knows he's involved in the mafia. No, because she she knows when he gets that. I forget what they call it in the mafia uh, when you get like that kind of promotion. She knows he's getting it, so I think she knows to that he's in the mob. Personally, no clue. Uh, is is there something? There's a sim, There's like a symbolism with fish and killing people in the mob, right? Yeah, because I, I I couldn't figure out why how Joe Pesci knows he's about to get shot in that scene, but I think it's because he saw like a, a swordfish on the wall. Uh, I couldn't because you know when they, when they when they get take him to his like supposedly new house. For his promotion, and then he looks at the wall and he goes, "Oh shit!" And then they blow his brains out. I think it's because he he walked. He's supposed to walk into a room full of people, and it's empty. Oh, okay, that makes more I'm, sense. I'm sure the fish has something to do with it, but like he, that character was such an asshole. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, but, when you he know. shot that guy for saying "fuck you" because he shot him in the foot. You remember there's yeah, that guy, guy. He, yeah, it was like <laughs> he killed that guy and the the guy he uh killed for telling a story about him. Joe Pesci was an asshole in that movie, but you can't help but love him. Uh-huh. You know? Cuz it's Joe Pesci. It's Joe Pesci. You can't hate Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. It's funny that we consider him like a tough guy. He's like he's a, he's a little guy. You know, you know he was rapping? He had a rap career? Shut up. Joe Pesci. Not kidding. He has a rap song. Joe she Crap. The wise guy? Yeah. Take your love and shut up. What the fuck is this? I, I encourage anybody who listens to this to watch this. What the fuck? I'm looking at this right now. Yeah, Joe, Joe Pesci tried get, uh, breaking into the rap career. I'm not going to lie to you. I think there's a limit to how cool Joe Pesci is, and this is it. Yeah. He, he definitely hit his ceiling. 
Yeah. This was his Dunkachino. You know what I'm talking about? No, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I was I was in the movie theater watching Dunkachino. You mean uh Jack and Jill? No, yeah, I know. I'm seeing <laughs> I, I saw that music bit live and I was as live as you can see it. Yeah. I, was, I was just I was <laughs> a little time I was like, this is like this is a really famous guy. Yeah. This is this is a, t- a horrible moment for the Italian community. Yeah. Um Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back uh, to talk about another movie and, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and we're back. Real quick, before we get into anything, uh, I wanted to plug a charity this week. Uh, I'm a little late on this, so I, am, I apologize for that, but um, I don't know, it just kept slipping my mind. Uh, but it, I think it's still worth plugging, even after the story has passed. Uh, we've all heard about uh, the Israeli-Palestine uh conflict um and i I think it's pretty universal to agree that um children in need is like like a universal cause you know so uh, i am going to plug the palestine children's relief fund um and a little snippet here from their website um uh, just if you want to know a little bit more about like what they do, why they do it. The Palestine Children's Relief Fund was established in 1992 by concerned humanitarians in the USA to bring injured and sick children uh, for free medical care they could not get locally. Uh, so this is a charity that has existed before the crisis um, over there with the bombings and whatnot. Uh, but, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of underprivileged families over there... Um, and now more than ever, they really need help. So if you want to donate to the Palestine Children's Relief Fund, that's uh, www.pcrf.net. That's www.pcrf.net. Um, and just donate what you can. All right, cool. Um, so did you watch anything else or should I go to my next thing? Uh, whatever you got next. Uh, I was going to talk about this movie. I watched a... I was at Morella's house, uh, dog sitting, um, and I watched Black Narcissus. You ever heard of that? Ah, it's actually on my list. Yeah, uh, I think everyone watches it for the matte paintings. You know what I'm talking about? No. The you like the scene where they're with the bell tower and they're on like the. You if you look up if you look up uh, Black Narcissus on Google, the first image that comes up is probably what I'm talking about. Uh, it's the scene where the where she's ringing the bell on the tower, um, and it's clearly not a. It's like a, it's a matte painting, but it looks beautiful, and that's like what sells people on that movie. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah, I'm seeing it. Yeah, uh, and I will say, yeah, that doesn't disappoint. It's a really pretty movie, uh, and it, it's it's a movie with something that I appreciate in in movies, which is a high production value. I love, especially like a phys, like a physical, tangible high production value, like. Something like um, like the Star Wars prequels has a high production value, but most of it's like in a computer. But I like to see like uh, Citizen Kane does it really well, where it's just like huge sprawling sets, and it, it feels extravagant. I love seeing that in movies, and I think Black Narcissus does that a little bit. Um, some of it's aged horribly. Uh, a lot of brown face in it. Um. Uh-huh. Very unfavorable uh, depiction of Indians, and uh, they 
continuously refer to the Indians as like children. Um, uh, and idiots and stuff like that. Uh, so racially, the movie has aged pretty horribly. But you go for the matte paintings for the production value. Uh, there's some good writing there. Um, they remade this movie recently on FX. And I'm sure it's nowhere near as good. And it, I don't understand why you would ever want to remake this movie. Like, it, it seems like a movie that's like, that you can't do again. It's in the fucking Criterion collection. You know what I mean? Like, uh. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing remaking? I don't know. Um, but I watched that and I liked it. Hey, I did watch a movie actually this week. I, I what watched, did you watch? Uh, my name is Dolomite. Dolomite sounds, is my name. Dolomite is my name. That sounds so familiar. Who's in it? Uh, Eddie Murphy. Uh, basically, like every black comedian except uh, Dave Chappelle. So Rudy Ray Moore, Eddie Murphy, Wesley Snipes, Keegan Michael Key, Craig Robinson, Divine Joy, Mike Epps. Okay, yeah, it's fucking fantastic, dude. This is a recent movie. Was it on Netflix? Uh, no, it, yeah, it's on Netflix. And it, it's 2019, by the way, so it is a recent-ish yeah. movie. Recent-ish. Yeah. But it's fantastic and 100% worth, like, uh, watching. It's, it's kind of a long movie. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's one of those, like, movies about comedians. Com- com- comedians don't really get movies, you know? Uh-huh. Was this movie, like, his comeback? Uh, Eddie Murphy's? Uh-huh. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, but, you know, he's... Um, hmm. Uh, I have to think of it as comeback. He hasn't made anything since then. He did uh, coming to America. Yeah, but that's that's for money. That's not really. I know, but that seemed like it was supposed to be part of his comeback. I guess. I think it hampered his comeback. I think that's why he hasn't done anything after that. He did this amazing movie, and then he he goes and does uh that. Let me see if he has any upcoming projects. But keep talking about it. George. Yeah. Uh, oh, we, okay. uh, I thought you were, you were looking it up, and then I am, but I said keep talking about it while okay. I do it. Um, it's a movie about uh, honestly black comedy in a very like cool way. Uh, he he's not liked by anybody except other blacks, and um, it shows because his movies get horrible reviews. White people constantly go like, "I don't get it. It's, it's it's just vile and gross." And but they don't know that it's like about like um black um rhythm almost like he, mm-hmm. he he makes jokes in a rhythmic matter and he's credited for being like the the he's called the godfather rap who is a, a, a lot of um dolmite okay and it's this movie about a guy who kind of has to do it himself because nobody's gonna give him money even mm-hmm. his own producers who like uh on his very successful uh um records which is how people used to listen to comedy on records uh-huh. Uh don't believe in him. They think uh that like they're just making easy money, but he wants to be a movie star. And you can tell he's got like a chip on his shoulder because of his um his upbringing. He, he's apparently like very southern and he left like Arkansas, I think. And he has a whole thing about his father, but it's a guy who just keeps like willing his way into higher and higher positions when nobody else would like take him. Mhm. Well, that's yeah, that sounds like a a good role for him. Uh, I forgot he was in Dreamgirls. I hadn't seen that movie, but I, I think that was like, was that one of his more serious roles? No clue. I've never seen. It. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know what. I don't. I didn't see Dreamgirls. That um, I feel like that came out around the same time as uh, what, what was that movie that won Best Picture? Uh, Chicago. 
Maybe I could be wrong, but I thought that was like kind of around the same time, trying to get on the same train. Uh, well, Eddie, Eddie Murphy's performance in it is like at first really goofy. You expect from Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. and then it gets it. It takes a really serious turn. Uh-huh. And um, you could even tell the moment where he's like, "I I want this part to show when I'm I'm like uh I'm being considered for an Oscar," and it's mm-hmm. fantastic. It's just so fantastic. Yeah, he seems like a, a good actor who who kind of sells himself short sometimes. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean, actually. Uh, and clearly, even Adam Sandler is the same. Like, Adam Sandler did fucking, uh, what was that movie? Uncut Gems. Clearly, clearly a lot of these comedians... That, that's not his first serious role, too. That's not his first serious, serious role. What was his first serious role? Um, he has a role where he plays, I think, um, I don't want to say it. Let me see. Adam Sandler's series. Well, was it Spanglish or is that a comedy too? I don't remember. Spanglish? I don't think he's even in Spanglish. He is. He is. He's the main guy, isn't he? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of another movie. Besides Funny People, which he's in. He's in Funny People. Yeah, Adam Sandler. Have you seen Spanglish. Funny People? I've not seen Funny Punch, People. Punch Drunk Love. He, he was in Punch Drunk Love. Punch Drunk Love. Never heard of this. Is this like a rom com? No, I. I haven't watched it, but I I heard he did like amazing in it. Well, Philip Seymour Hoffman's in this movie. Yeah, it, it's I think a great movie. Um, he's in Funny People, which have you ever seen Funny People? I have not. You, um, it's it's kind of it got really bad reviews at the time, but mm-hmm. it's about basically like an up and coming um uh comedian who kind of stumbles upon like the Adam Sandler of that universe in the movie. And he's like, can you take me under your wing? And they, you could tell the guy's kind of miserable and kind of an alcoholic, and he takes him in anyways. And then he gets really involved in his personal life, going up like to his ex-wife. Uh-huh. And it kind of just shows you that like really funny people tend to be really sad people. This is with Seth Rogen and Adam Sandler? Yeah. Oh, this, this is a serious movie? No, I wouldn't say it's... Yeah, actually, I'd I say it's serious. Wow, you would not expect that. It has an unrated cut and everything. Yeah. From the director of the 40-year-old virgin knocked up. Let's see, it starts out really goofy. Like, it doesn't want to take itself seriously. And then it just goes, like, all comedians are are, are in deep, deep pain. And you're like, Mm -hmm. okay. That's, uh... That's depressing. Yeah. I would love to see more serious Adam Sandler, though. And more serious Eddie Murphy. But you know what? Also, if they don't want to do that, they have every right not to. (laughs) Like... I love seeing comedians in uh, in serious roles. Yeah, Jonah Hill tried to do that for a while, didn't he? He's still he's still doing it successfully. Yeah, he, I think he's found his stride in directing. Was he made? Uh, ah oh man, I, I saw it with some friends too. Ah, I'm thinking. I'm sorry. I think it's an A24 movie about like '90s '90s kids. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this now. Jonah. He made that, and it was it was great. It was great. Mm-hmm. Mid-90s. Mid-90s. He made that, and it was fantastic. It looked... I haven't seen it, but it looks like a movie that he would make. Like, that would... <laughs> you could tell it's slightly almost autobiographical. I'm not sure. Like, you could tell, like, nobody who was born today could, could like, um, like, uh, 
could make that movie with the feel from that, you know? Mm-hmm. There's just too much, like, knowledge and, like, nostalgia in there. Yeah. Is he still doing directing? Is that... I, I'm sure, I think, he just started with the movie. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll keep going. Because I, I think he, he found something really special. Good. I hope he, I hope he keeps doing that. Um, has Seth Rogen ever done anything serious? He's doing face making, and they're really pretty. Face making, face boss. I don't know. Oh, like what's it called? Uh, pottery. Pottery. And uh, he wrote a book. Hmm. Let me look at Seth Rogen performances. See what comes up. Uh, I mean, I guess what do you call um the disaster artist was kind of. Not serious, but like high high society, I guess a little bit. Really weird for me personally that that like I, I thought it was a joke movie about a joke movie, and I was like, oh okay. You didn't, like you didn't think it was serious enough. For I watched it, and I was kind of like, like I get the joke, I get mm-hmm. where the jokes come from. I just don't think it's so funny like that. You had to make another movie about how funny it is, and that's like a, a sort of documentary. Oh, he was in Steve Jobs. Oh yeah, he plays Wozniak in that. Uh, was that movie any good? In my head, it just—I feel like it's the second Steve Jobs movie. Yeah, they came out like back to back. Um, personally, I'm not interested in any of them, but 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 uh, he's great in that. Hmm. Did you watch it? Invisible. Um, yeah, I, I saw his bits. Hmm. <laughs> this is gonna be the rest of the show. It's like I wonder if this guy's done a serious role. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, talk about Loki. Oh yeah, yeah, let's talk about Loki. Um, let's talk about Loki. Did you watch the uh, episode two? Yes. Uh, I was gonna say I, I don't think I talked about it last week because last week you, last time we talked rather, you mentioned Loki being good, right? And I said I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, so I expected to come into this episode and be like, "Wow, this is really good." Yeah. And then I watched episode two, and it kind of knocked the wind out of my sails. Why? Uh, I can't put a finger on it. It, uh, I I really don't know what it was, but it, it didn't have the same like punch in the face of excitement that the first episode did, and maybe it didn't need to. I, I liked uh, there were some parts of it that I thought were really clever, like um, the whole idea of like not excuse me, not affecting time uh the time stream. If you do things before disaster, I thought that was a pretty smart idea. Mm-hmm. Um, then some, uh, then some of it just started to seem like meaningless. I guess, like the reveal that that the the alternate Loki is a woman, uh, it has precedence in the comics, but like uh, that in and of itself doesn't make me go whoa. You know what I mean? Is, was it supposed to make you go well? I, I was just kind of like, oh, cool. I don't know, because the rest, of the, none of the rest of the episode made me like do that the way the first one did. Hmm. That's really interesting. I, uh, I, I actually thought the second episode, the show hits its stride a little bit. But you like the first episode more than the second episode. Yeah. Um. Because I just I like the ideas the first one presents more. Okay. Actually, though, there was one part that was really good in the second episode, too, other than what I mentioned about the time travel thing. But um, the conversation about uh, 
um like the the timekeepers and whether or not they're real and why you believe they're real and all that stuff half of it was cool in the sense that it was like uh like it really delved into the psyche of someone who had a job like that uh but the other half where he's like you don't believe in the timekeepers aren't you from asgard frost giants blah 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 i'm like yeah but also, I, as the audience member, know that that's also ridiculous because this is a Marvel Marvel show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, I think they're, that's called lampshading. They're lampshading it. I guess. I don't know. I That part was... The conversation was fun. A lot of... This is a really good role for Owen Wilson. Like, it, oh, I, I usually yeah. don't like him that much in most stuff. But he's really good in this show. He says a specific line where... Uh, Loki says, like, why are you why are you still counting on me or something like that? And he says, I'm gonna tell you two reasons. Uh only one of them is true, and you can believe whichever you want. The first is that I feel bad for you. Uh, and the other is that I'll say whatever I need to to make you uh do what I want. Something like that. And I thought that was a good line. It is. It is a good line. The, the writing is fantastic. The acting is great. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm being too hard on the second episode. I, I think you are. I think it, uh, the second episode is really good. And if that doesn't like... that's, I honestly think this is some of the best stuff Marvel's ever produced. I, I almost forgot I was watching Marvel because it wasn't corny as hell and like mm-hmm. dumb. And like, you could, I, I, and, and most, you could go into a Marvel movie, watch 10 minutes, and be like, this is how it's going to end. I will say, do that with this. I'll say too that uh, this show is smart in the way that one division pretended to be yeah yeah i think already this is a uh, leagues better than one division yeah one division very quickly showed that it wasn't actually smart it was just wearing a smart hat and you had to as when you're writing loki uh just so you don't end up writing the same six things fucking over and over again you you have to have good smart writers writing his dialogue writing the storyline because mm-hmm. if if it's it's just loki tricks a bunch of people it's like we've seen that before. We've seen that in like like every Thor movie, and like uh, two Avengers movies, and it's starting to get old. Yeah. Whereas like, oh, he betrays you. Oh, but he has a heart of gold. So he instead he has to do some really hard self reflection, and that's really cool. He mm-hmm. sees the action, the 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 consequences of his actions before he's even done that stuff, but he's realizing he's heading down a bad path. Mm-hmm. This this movie or this show rather reminds me of the kind of uh, movie or just story in general where it's like uh, the two examples I can think of off the top of my head are this this movie um, I can't remember what it's called but it's like uh, Sigmund Freud meets Sherlock Holmes and then there's another one uh, Time After Time where it's about H G Wells trying to find Jack the Ripper with a time machine uh, in the sense that like the reason it reminds me of those two is that it's like uh it takes an alternate very specific version of a character in this case uh loki who is varied off of the given timeline um but even though it's this weirdly specific version of the character and it's not it doesn't count towards the rest of the story it still feels real I, I'm actually wondering what they're going to do with the character moving forward. Uh, I hope this. I hope he doesn't come back to the movies. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't get. I don't see what the point would be. I just like but it. But it, it mostly because 
my big problem with Marvel right now is that it bullies me into watching stuff. I like I touched on oh, this yeah, earlier. You did, you did. You have to watch this to get the lore for the Yeah, day. yeah. I don't wanna like I mean I'm already watching Loki, but I don't want anyone else who hasn't seen Loki to not get another Thor movie. You know what I mean? I feel like it was a choice for me. You were just gonna watch it no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like to me it was a choice. And I, I, I was just interested enough in, in the shows to watch them. But for you, you're like, I won't get it if I don't watch it, so I gotta watch it. Mm-hmm. Or else I won't get it. Uh, so I, I disagree. I I think um I don't think most I don't think uh people who go watch Marvel movies as like oh we're we're doing this as America now I'm just gonna go watch it like very brain dead type of like I must consume this next Marvel movie mm-hmm. are gonna be like wait the lore is not adding up they're just gonna be like yeah okay cool mm. they uh they brought back that dead guy that's nice and that's it only only people like us are hung up on the details of this fantasy universe like that. Well, assume that when I make arguments for quality, I make arguments for those people. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, are you really being okay? Uh, I think my, my problem with that statement is that um, we totally don't have to watch it. And we do. Cause we just, we, we, um, we're almost a target audience for this type of stuff. So we were going to watch it no matter what. Almost. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like, <sighs> Uh, remember that Scorsese thing where Marvel got like, like, like he said Marvel isn't cinema and everyone lost their fucking mind. Um, it feels like Disney Plus specifically has been in like Kevin Feige's fighting back to that. Yeah. And so far with the with the exception of this show being good, it's kind of failing. Like because WandaVision was like so dumb. <laughs> I, and, I actually, I still feel like WandaVision was a really fun, nice, like, thing. I didn't know people felt so, like, anti-WandaVision. I, I don't know if people do or if I do. Thing. Why were you let down by it? I thought it was exactly what it was always advertised. Because uh, you kind of have an idea of where the show is going at the beginning. And the show does so much to be like, no, 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 it's going to be something cool. But it's it ends up being exactly what it would have been. Oh, just like big boss fight at the end. Not even that. Just the idea, like, like they, but they, 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 maybe this is just me coming at it as a comic book fan too. But them coming at it with like, ooh, who's behind all this? And everyone was like, well, it's Wanda. She's doing this to herself. And they're like, oh, but what if she's not? And then it's like, nope, she is. I there, there was no intrigue. There was no mystery because it, it wasn't it Agatha who was doing. So like, it's this idea that uh, superheroes can never not be perfect. So. Um, it wasn't Wanda doing this to herself. It was Agatha making Wanda do this to herself. Is not the whole point. I, I thought I thought that she it. did this to herself, and then Agatha took advantage of it. Okay, yeah, I guess. I, yeah, I think that's what that's a more accurate retelling. Of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give you an example too. Um, the whole bringing the the, the X Men Quicksilver into it. Yeah. No, fuck that. That was yeah. Stuff that. like that is it going like, ooh, what could this mean? And then not meaning anything. I'm so glad we're like, I'm so glad Star Wars didn't take get didn't get a show like that because I don't think Star Wars could take like a an L like that. I think we're on thin ice with Star Wars right now. Mm. So thank God Marvel took that. No, that was honestly pretty. It was rough. a really dumb idea. Yeah, but I went like, let's just bait 
to bait these people into thinking they're getting a character. And then, like, it, it just made no sense. In-universe or, like, like uh, as, this, as fiction, it just makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So, fuck that. That sucked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I'm just going to refer to everything I don't like in a Marvel movie. Just be like, it was very end game <laughs> Just because I hate Endgame. Uh... I feel like I got exactly what I expected with Endgame. Mm-hmm. I, uh, well, I mean, I, I spoiled it for myself before walking in, so I did get everything I expected, but also didn't like it. Um, you're very, uh, you're very comic book guy from Simpsons, say. What's up? What, what do you think? You say, what's up? Like, I'm going to be like, oh, it's my mom or some shit like that. Like, I'm actually <laughs> yeah. going to have like a chip on my shoulder. I don't know. Like, what, what's up? Like, what, what's no, up? I'm just feeling more critical these okay. days. Fucking fine. Why did it take you until now? Because you used to go off on me being hypercritical. And then when well, George, I, I was in high school, I had a real childhood. <laughs> okay. I, I I was really critical of things. And then you're like just being a dick. And then now we're we're both being critical of things. You're like, oh, you know, this stuff sucks actually. And I learned to like it. I actually learned to like Marvel. Well, we've had we're having some very different story arcs, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. My story arc, I think, is that it became less bitter. Yours is that you're just kind of growing up after a few years. I think I still like Marvel. I'll still watch all of it. Um, but I stand by this new philosophy I have that, like, it's good once. Like, you watch one Captain America, one Iron Man, one Thor. You don't have to see the sequels. I think that's... You don't have to do anything. But like, you're right. I, I like rewatching them. They're cute. They're nice. They, 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 I kind of like being lied to by Hollywood. You know what it is, too? It's not so much growing up. I think I'm also at an age of nostalgia for the early ones. For like Captain America, the first one, the first Iron Man, the first Avengers movie. Oh, you're Whereas you're not because you didn't like them back then. No, I didn't like them back then. But now I'm looking at them like they were the, the best days of my life. You know what I mean? Not literally. Obviously, I've had better days and better things happen to me than the Avengers coming out. But um, you get what I mean? Yeah, I get what you mean. I get what you're saying. I understand where you're coming from. So that's an um, argument against my arguments that I'll give you, is that I, I'm also becoming nostalgic. Is that I, I like this new direction that we're going in with uh, Marvel, because mm-hmm. it's colorful, it's bright, it's fun, it's entertaining, it's actually well-written in a comedic like point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm, I'm actually heartbroken, because I like this new stuff. The new stuff is fun and edgy and like that takes chances. That the old stuff is really cowardly about. Do the movies so, do that though? Well, um, the Thor movie did that, mm. and we're getting a, basically more Thor. Like, a, oh, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, well, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I know you like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like it was your whole personality for like ten months, I think, in back in high school. It was my Twin Peaks. Yeah, it was your Twin. It was Peaks. my community. Yeah. Well, every I love community too. It's it's not just it's I don't like it as much as you like it, but, and mm-hmm. I like it a whole lot. But I think every guy like is into this type of stuff has a time where they show their girlfriends like um the stuff they're into, and then mm-hmm. the girlfriends are just really supportive, but like not into it. really confused. Yeah, so I tried showing my girlfriend um community, and she just does not get it like at all. She's like, I I could see why you laugh. I'm just not laughing. And I'm like, no, but it's, you know, it's like, it's a trope. Oh, my and God. Uh, at former co-host Adam, I was talking to him while I was uh-huh. watching Goodfellas. 
And he was like, oh, I love that movie. And then he was like, you know, I showed my girlfriend that movie uh, and she didn't like it. And I said, you know why, right? And he was like, no, why? And then I sent him that article that said women are incapable of understanding good fellas. <laughs> it's funny, though. Yeah. Uh, everyone does have that moment where they're trying to show their girlfriend or their boyfriend or whatever. And they're supportive. They're supportive. Mm-hmm. But well, at least I hope they're supportive. And it's never Probably. indicative of like their intelligence or their like no. taste. Or, it's, it's just like... Uh, it's like you. It, it, I, I hate to use this line because I resent it a little bit. But you, you have a, you made a joke about how I have a knack for turning people off on things I like, uh-huh. and that's just how it is when your significant other likes something and wants to show it to you. That they have yeah, that similar. They're, they're so excited, and it's not reciprocated. It's mm-hmm. just not there. It's part of. It's just part of being alive. Some people are going to be into things. Some people aren't. That's kind of it. But like, um, I just, I just really like, like, uh community and i i've gotten like two people successfully into it in mm-hmm. my life and uh it's it was i'm scared of getting people into things now since game of thrones yeah the big your big letdown for getting people yeah. into things I, I, I <laughs> everyone you of- ever got into game of thrones messaged you back in the same day saying what the fuck like what well, you said it's <laughs> gonna be cool this is like not cool this is weird um yeah big bummer you it, know what it, though i always uh, this might be a weird note to go to, but I, I, I do, I am attracted to the kind of person that is not uh, into what I'm into. You know what I mean? I, I feel like, I'm like the idea of like, a, like, of, of like meeting a girl who collects Amiibo and like uh, watches Star Wars and all that stuff is stuff I'm into, but I don't know if I'd like, you, I, like, I don't need that. Yeah. When you're dating somebody, it's an opportunity to see a whole different world of things. Uh-huh from fresh eyes and if you just go like i only date people who are into things i'm already into then like you're you're, you're not diversifying your your bonds dude. Mm-hmm. you know you're just, you're just gonna make more weird people like you it can also kind of give you like a an independence you know there are gonna be things where you're gonna do one thing and your partner's gonna yeah. do another yeah because like sometimes you know like oh he's in a world war ii mood i better leave him alone and then, like i just kind of get into it Mm-hmm. that's my thing. you started that in third person and then immediately went back to yourself yeah yeah <laughs> i can't relate to other people i don't know how you, other people do it um you other pe- you people no um uh i don't know i i we gotta wrap up but i do want to tell you this one funny anecdote before we we end you ever heard of a movie called the devils Mm-mm. so there's this movie called the devils and i'm Knowing our audience, I'm going to be careful about how I describe this movie because basically it is a really disturbing movie that has been censored to hell and back. They they call it the Incredible Shrinking movie because every time they release it, there's more taken out. Uh, I'll just I'll just rip the bandaid off. the the contra- the, the huge controversial thing here is that this film includes a scene where Christ is raped. Jesus. Christ. Yeah. Why? why? Now you're probably wondering why is Michael telling me this, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. There's a nun in that movie, and she's in the background of Space Jam too. Huh. I'm yeah. getting really big vibes of um, um, what's it called? Oh, uh, the from that movie, Ready Player One. No, 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 no. Same movie, same movie. The 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 rapist guys are in. Oh, right, the the Clockwork Orange guys. Yeah, the Clockwork Orange guys. Who's in the background? They gotta check up on the background guys. Make sure they're putting the right people in there. No, it's just that they know they have the IP rights to all this uh-huh. shit. And they're like, just, just put them in there. 
and it, it it's getting not that like it, it's just because like have some sense of brand identity please yeah. if you're going to do a whole brand recognition thing have an identity don't just be like this is what i own don't go to show and tell bring your transformers and your fucking like star wars figure i don't know where i was going with that but you know what i mean like be, ha- have an identity have, have hire every also have company. shame jesus christ yeah have shame every company should have a guy like you who just sits in and goes like no no that wouldn't make sense canonically uh-huh. and then i'm not uh, i'm not a fan of the nasally voice you just did but and like it's like like do, do you really want that guy oh shut up you know that? <laughs> you're doing that even you're, you're doing it you're leading into it now yeah 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 uh so that i it was so so tone deaf so, so i know it's deaf. so weird so next week um i'm not recording because i'm moving uh-huh. back into the city oh shit so yeah we we we've gone long enough where i could just hand you your birthday present from march in person you still i completely forgot about that i completely forgot you got me something Apparently, I have too because I never sent it to you. I feel bad um, about that, but you can hand it to me in person. Yeah. My, my friends are gonna want to hang out. You could you could tag along, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, tag along. Do Do you want to go to a Mets game? Uh, sure, I'd love to. All right, cool. That uh, it's a date then. Um, right. So we won't be recording next week, but when we come back and I start recording in in my apartment, um, we will discuss iCarly. What the fuck is going on? Uh, there's an icon. What did you just? It's the kid Michael. It's 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 the kid Michael show, George. What just happened here? Like, well, we're gonna wrap it up right here, and then I'm gonna tell you what's happening next week. What? I I'm I'm preparing this topic. Okay. Okay. So no, no, no. You know what? I like this a little bit. C- c- mystery of it. Okay. Uh, I have a guy I follow. I've been following him since he was a very small YouTuber. Quentin reviews. Uh huh. He he made a four and a half hour um video on iCarly. Are you going to make me watch it? No. Okay. Because, no. Um, and that's just like the first three seasons. Uh-huh. And he's making more. And he's, he's saying, I'm making this in tangent with the, with the, re- the, the not a remake, the reboot cast, the reboot. Revival, whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was supposed to be like a cute, like subscriber bonus. Cause like he wanted to get to a million and like I, I like, you know, I subscribed on like all the accounts I have on YouTube and shit that I made when I was younger. And um, he did it and I watched it. And now I have so much to say about. <laughs> all right. I have, I have such. I a- thought you were going to say, like, yeah, so I invited him on the show. Like, I thought you were just like. No, I wish, I wish he'd come. I really, I love Quentin, but like, he, he's like C, like a C level YouTube celebrity. And mm-hmm. we're like. We're not. Z. We're, Z. <laughs> we're just not. <laughs> yeah, we're just not at all. So I, that's what I wanted to say. Um, I'm excited. You should be excited too. Mm-hmm. We're all excited. That'd be a cool thing to have a guest for, but yeah. I don't know who would want to. Oh, I have a guest that you'll be excited to hear about. We'll talk about it off air because I don't, don't want to say anything before <laughs> it happens officially. Okay. But uh, guys, <coughs> thanks for listening. This has been It's the Kid Michael Show. I'm your host, Kid Michael. My co-host, as always, is George Pacheco. You can follow the show on Twitter at It's Kid Michael and on Instagram at It's Kid Michael. Uh, this episode was edited by Matthew Rosenthal, who also wrote and performed the uh, theme song. Thanks, everybody.